Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. So I am joined today by Lena Kennedy. She's the president and CEO of Alexandria Professional, a worldwide leader in body sugaring epilation. And, you know, she's always had uh, this sort of inclination when she was younger to have been told to marry a millionaire, but she chose instead to grow up and become the millionaire. And today she is known as the sugar queen and founder of Alexandria Professional, which is a multi-million dollar beauty brand with products sold in over 30,000 salons worldwide. Lena, welcome to Motivational Mondays. Thank you, Corey. I'm really glad to be here took a hot minute to get us going, but here we are. <laughs> yes, it took a minute. You know, we were working out some technical details to get this off the ground. Of course, this is one of our first uh, video podcasts, as I mentioned. We're I'm honored. Yes, fun. <laughs> are indeed. And before we get into your, your background, which is so fascinating with the adversity that you've gone through to get to where you are today, I do have to ask, what is body sugaring epilation? The most natural, healthy, effective form of permanent reduction hair removal. I can sit here, we could do this whole bloody podcast just on that because we just finished all of our new information. I'm going to be approaching psoriasis and eczema societies mm. because everything that I created for hair removal and ingrown hairs, and forgive me, Corey, but I also dealt with a lot of black men from Buffalo when mm. I first started 30 years ago. And they like, they loved me because their skin, I was actually able to start getting rid of their ingrown hairs. Ingrown hair. but I, yes, yes, yes. Huge, huge, huge. So everything that I created for that ended up naturally defaulting into really becoming one of the healthiest skin conditioning programs ever. So mm. much so I got before and after pictures of all ages, including a child, child, of people who suffered from eczema or psoriasis, and we clear the skin. Like, I have so much information, it's crazy. Wow. Well, yeah. I suffered from that as a child. I had psoriasis until I was about 15. So I had all like the scaliness, the dry patches, yeah. and you know, and it was just so hard to kind of manage that because it's itchy. So it's already tough. Yeah. To a teenager, and then sometimes it's do that. so thick and dry that it breaks mm -hmm. and weeps. Like, I have bazillion stories. But anyway, yeah. I'm really proud of everything we created. In fact, we're working on a, a new 3D animated video. It's a medical science video that will show everything that's in my head mm. so that I can show it to the medical industry. Because, you know, if you're not like drugs and things, people tend like from the medical industry tend to just like poo poo you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to show like I know my stuff and mm -hmm. just, well, just want to share it with people. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know your stuff, 30,000 salons across the world. Clearly, you're doing something right. But I will say, again, you getting to that point is a yeah. very, very Another story. story. <laughs> yeah, it's a story of triumph over adversity. But I do want to talk about that because you mentioned that you came from a family of dysfunction. As so many of us do, right? I'm one in a bazillion stories. It's yes. just that I got the opportunity to share. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, and I'm glad you are because many people will identify with that. So, mm. a dysfunctional family coming from uh, poverty as well. You mm. also mentioned being alcoholism, so, sexual yes, abuse. Yes, these sexual abuse. I mean, quite a lot. And you survive through what you call your inner strength, but you also talk about something called trusting in the magic of the moment. I'd love to ask you more if you could expand on what does it mean to trust in the magic of the moment when you're in such a difficult time of adversity? Yeah. You know, I feel like there's that part that I share in the beginning of the book that talks about a special gift I got. Mm. I swear to God, yes, I do. I swear that that gift is what has allowed me to be the person I am to get through moment by moment and to believe. And if I could just continue to share that message, this is actually the first, other than writing the book, Corey, this is the first, that's why I'm so grateful to be here. And, a, and, and it's your first video. This is the first day of the change of my journey where it's supposed to be from now on. I want you to know how serious it is that we are here together because I always knew I would get to share this. I can't tell people, hey, you should do this and this and this to become successful. I can share a lot of different things that work that you you kind of need to master to get into. These are just steps. Mm. But in the core of who we are, if I can help people understand, if they can take from me what I know to be true, what I went through, and let that be the anchor of their trust in themselves, who they are, my job will be done, right? Yeah. So here it is. Yeah. You know, that's really important because so often people feel as though they're the only ones going through something. Like all the things you just mentioned, the dysfunction, the the alcoholism. I mean, you know, in my own family, I've experienced that. I mean, we were not, we didn't have poverty so much, but there was always, we could have had more, we could have done better, right? And so I think we all can identify with so many of the things you're sharing. And it is important that people know they're not alone going through. That is such a key point. If everyone could remember that, one thing you just said is that, If you're thinking something, if you're feeling something, you definitely are not the only person on this huge sphere of humanity feeling that. So there are other people going through things. And I think the Google world has opened up for us to to actually start connecting in different realms of what people go through, right? Yes. So going back to that magic of the moment, When I had that gift when I was seven and I lost my life for a moment, but Mm. they did bring me back in that moment when I had my experience, I won't go through all that right now, but the very last message, because I didn't want to come back. I I cannot even be, I don't even know the words to describe how I felt. And I know a lot of people who have had their death experience and come back feel the same way. It's just so, you can't imagine it unless you're there, right? So I really didn't want to come back. And I remember when the hand set itself on my shoulder. Remember, I was only seven years old. Set its hand on my, I remember feeling somebody and that hand on my shoulder, the voice was so beautiful and calm, but everything about being there is is that way. And it just said, you have to go back. Mm. A lot of people are depending on you. Don't worry. You're never alone. We're always with you. I remember that like it's crystal clear in my nerve endings today. So I want to give 
credit to where credit is due. I can't say, hey, Lena, you're so strong, this and that. I have that as my core strength. Mm. So then I take that as my truth. And then anything that happens, I, I'm still human. I still get you know, hot-headed and, and I'm known for that. I'm better than I've ever been, though. Much. I forgive and forget easier than most people. And, you know, it's just in the moment and it's never really personal. And I don't tell people F off. I might say, what a effing moment, but mm. not never related to people. Yeah. It's just the moment. And I'm much, much better now. But knowing what I know and knowing better today that every day when I wake up and I say, and I do, I do this ritual every day. I'm grateful for the joy, abundance, and love that finds me today because you can have that every day in your life if you're open, mm. right? Then following that is I'm open, I receive. Because you can't receive if you're not open. Right. And I'm ready. Because if you're not ready and you receive, it's a lost opportunity. You know, like knock, knock, yeah, you know, but you're not really taking the opportunity. So I say this every single day. So then no matter what happens, I know for a fact that there is some joy. There is something of abundance. It's how you analyze these things, how you describe them that matter. And there is love. You just have to open to it and you will see it there. I swear to God well, I believe you. It sounds very convincing to me. I totally believe you. And also, I think that, and tell me if I'm wrong, it seems as though because you had that experience, and let's just sort of like summarize it. I mean, it's a, it was a near-death experience we're talking about. Yeah. Or you said you did, basically. I was not there. They didn't know they could bring me back. Right. I, I was, actually, uh, didn't want to come back. Right. Mm. And so you had that experience in which you actually did transition for a moment or you were at that, in that moment of transition yeah. and yeah. one something the beings told you you have to go back people need you and then fast forward to your life's work now has become yeah helping people and being it's there for people crazy. so does it feel like you were sent back and you felt like you had an obligation to live up to oh, 100% i knew i don't even know how or why you know, the, the joke about my grandmother telling me to marry a millionaire <laughs> right, and my cousin who, who was way ahead of her time, which I didn't know back then she was gay. You know, she'd say, don't marry a millionaire. You don't need a man. Make your own money. <laughs> there you go. When you look at that, this is like when I was in my teens. But even before that, I always knew I had to become wealthy, not just for the freedom of, of money and luxuries. You know, I love pretty things and I've always been that way since the day I was born. That's why I loved my grandmother. She had like matching hats and gloves and shoes and yeah. I just loved her stuff. Right. So I knew I had to be because I knew something had to come from me later as a share. I have so much to share. Like an hour is not going to be enough for us. So I knew that intuitively because I knew that even if I am who I am, if I don't have that financial success and people equate success to money still today, I know we've done all the fluff stuff. Success is you, your family, whatever. And, and I know that. And that's the way it should be. But in our society, if you're financially successful, people feel like, ah, I should listen to him or her. Mm. Right. Whereas I just love people for the stories they have to share, whether they have money or not, because there's something so 
wonderful to capture from every person if you give it a minute mm. to hear, right? To listen, to hear. Yeah, that's so, true. I knew I had to make the money. I, you know, people say, oh, sure, you've changed. Come on, you can't. I'm still, I still feel like I'm that same person. You know, I can still wear my muumuu at night and no makeup and still, and I can, go to the, I can go to the grocery store and feel comfortable. It's, I'm comfortable, but other people see me and it happened to me. Oh my God, what's wrong, Lena? Oh, I, I have no pigmentation when I take my bras and lipstick off. That's what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny too about that. When it comes to people who, like my grandmother, for example, was raised, uh, she was born in 1929 and, you know, right there at the Depression. And so she was, had 11 or, or 10 siblings or something. Yeah, of and course. Very, yeah. they were, And they were very, very, very poor. So my grandmother later in life, when I, you know, came along and got to, you know, be in her doting presence all the time, I got to see her go shopping and buy all that she wanted. And my grandfather was ah. like, you have another purse, you have another bag, you have another pair of shoes. But it was because that time of growing up in poverty. That's right. Made her now realize I can, I've worked hard to buy what I want. I'm going to do it. Do you have a sense of that sort of coming through? Like, you know, you're not going to be like shamed by your wealth because you grew up poor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, um, it's no secret. I'm, I'm a shoe addict. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not a purse addict, although I do collect evening bags. I just love the, the beauty of evening bags. But I've uh, treated myself well mm -hmm. and I don't let people shame me. The ones that would shame you most are usually the people that are supposed to be the closest to you. So, you know, they say you can't make your millions in your backyard. I could write a book just on that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I, I respect them. I'm happy. I've been so blessed with the, the body sugaring business. I've helped so many people who have serious confidence problems. You know what I mean? Self-confidence problems. And this really helped them. So I've helped a lot of people for better reasons than just looking beautiful or having silky skin. Like more than that, right? Uh, lots of good stories on that. But more meaningful but, help you given to people, like you said, is not just about the external. You've done things. Part of your mission, if you will, is to really help yeah. better selves. You know, they always say, if you can make money with something you love doing, that's the best thing. Well, I never liked body hair. So <laughs> it really happened magically that I got into this. <laughs> and so it's very easy for me to tell people, let's get rid of this, you know, and make it better, feel better, look better. But I really did get to help a lot of people because of that, not just on the aesthetic side, but also people I hire you know, women I've given opportunities to who didn't really have any money to start a distribution. So I kind of like, I bought into them and they've become very successful. Yeah. So sometimes it's not just about the money, but what that money can help facilitate, mm -hmm. not just for you, but for others. I love that. And that, that's been the whole drive. But now today, Corey, it's the new drive. Like my new website is, well, it went under construction. Lena Kennedy website is all about the real, I'm not the real, it's not that I'm not the real person when I'm doing business, but my real core cause, and that's to help lift the veil on silence of abuse, especially sexual abuse and children. Like my heart is, that's why I love children so much because their voices are not always so clear, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I, I do want to ask you about that. I was curious yeah. to know what sort of, well, well, let's just go back a little bit because of course, as we mentioned, that's a cause that's personal to you because you are a survivor of, of child abuse. Absolutely, absolutely. So now mm. you are using that experience, that history, that personal history 
to help others deal with it. So tell me about the organization and what you guys do to uh, help further the cause of awareness for uh, against so, of children. My new organization is being set up now because there's a lot of things, you know, when you're a nonprofit that I'm, so I have lawyers to handle that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be called, it's been trademarked now, Lift the Veil on Silence Society. And the, I can't wait. We're going to launch. Maybe we'll get back together when I do launch oh, court. Yes, it's a, that's also a cause that I'm very passionate about. So I would love to have you back to talk about that. Well, listen to this. I get so excited. Listen, listen to how much I believe in the universe, my angels, God, all of it, right? And, and myself, because, you know, we're all like this, right? So for me, I feel blessed that I understand that because I know I'm not alone because I know I have super strength, you know, for when you need it. So listen to this. This is so cool. First, I'm told I have to go back. I'm not alone. A lot of people need you. What the hell does a seven-year-old do with it? What do you mean a lot of people need? Even when they had the teenager, you know, who's going to need me? Now I understand because now I am connected worldwide, right, with our, our distributors and then their practitioners and our educators. And I've traveled around and I've worked with everyone. I love everybody. So I remember when I used to go around neighborhoods and look in people's homes, you know, when the windows are open, I didn't want to see the people. I want to see their decor. Right. And I remember feeling, I never want a white picket fence. I want the world to be my backyard, kind of like a, a modern gypsy. And then when I worked in Hungary, they're like, gypsy is not a good thing to say because, you know, they were thieves. And get, I, yeah. But there's the romantic side of gypsies and more like free spirit and soul, no, right? You can live where you want. And yes. yeah. Yeah. And, and so I always looked at the world as my backyard. And then when I got into this, look what I did. And with a kid with nothing, right? I created the world as my backyard to visit and play and work with. And even that, I thought, that's not the reason, but it's the base. I could feel mm-hmm. it's like the base of what's coming is being set, the foundation, You know, everything has to be a solid foundation. You can, the same as our bodies, you could, you could do all the face and liposuction, but if you don't take care of your core, it's going to be for nothing. It's just going to collapse on you anyway. Right. So everything, our thoughts, our bodies, our homes, our structures, our dreams have to have a foundation so that you can solidly grow. And going this way is not always the best because you can topple. When you solidify, here's your foundation, then you go here and you solidify. And then you go here and you solidify. And that's how you get a sustainable growth in your life, right? Right. So I did all that. And it's only this year, only this year, COVID was a, I hate to say it, but COVID was really a tremendous blessing in my circle. Yes, We've well, done amazing things. Yeah. I, you know, I know people have a hard time saying that and I totally understand because it's like, it's a terrible thing, but for many people, they were able to recalibrate. It forced that, them to do things different yeah. from that came a lot of new, fresh ideas. So I, I know what you mean by that. Yeah. It's just, it's such a, a a sensitive topic, right? Mm-hmm. Like we lost good people around us too. So I, I get it, but you know, it's kind of like the, don't let people shame you for your successes. You know, it's all relatable, right? Yeah. But so think about that whole foundation I just told you about, and we've been solidifying that foundation step by step. 
Mm-hmm. And then this year, when we decided to go with the name Lift the Veil on Silence Society, it's a society is the key word here. I am going to tap into all my international contacts. So what I'm doing, I, you know, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, we're going to raise money. No, I'm not looking at that so much as creating. And I don't want to just blah, blah awareness. Mm. I want to be a part of that. And so I'm going to have a membership, kind of like the Masons things and the Shriners or the doctors when they, they signed their Hippocratic Oath. Right. I'm creating a Hippocratic Oath for Lift the Veil on Silent Society. The only way you become a member, excuse me, is by reading this and signing to it and abiding by it. That means if you become a member, and I'm coming after you, Mr. Corey. <laughs> All right, let's see. For women only. But if you look at this and you become a member, on that day that you sign, you agree never to let that veil be over your eyes when you see, when you think, when you have it in your, like, oh, why do I feel this? Anything like that. When you know, you see, you think, or you get that sixth sense, you will take appropriate actions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean to go and accuse someone. No, we're, we're going to figure this out together. And, and I'm going to talk to people, and this will be in the Hippocratic Oath, so that we all follow a process that will potentially stop one child yeah. from being abused. You know, you starts know, with home. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, do you find that people are a re- not reluctant, but do you think there's a fear of people getting involved when they find On out? On all levels. Yeah. And it's... It hurts my heart so much. Oh, I see it. This will always be very close to me, not just because of what I went through, but I've watched a lot of programs on it and just any child being hurt, whether it's sexual, physical, mental. I mean, mm-hmm. I can see the physical and the sexual to me is worse than the mental, but a mental can still distort their ways of progressing in their lives. Right. So that's a terrible thing, too. Mm-hmm. So you look at my mother, for instance. In those days, it was silence. Yeah. You, it was taboo. Didn't you did not it. share this with anyone. Yeah. <sighs> so I don't blame my mother. I love my mother. Like next, like I, I think she's probably the strongest person I know, and I'm pretty strong. But I think she, if she'd have been 20 years younger and lived in around my world, she would have been a Oh, something to reckon with because she's really quite amazing woman with, you know, grade three education. Super mm-hmm. amazing. Um, knows how to save a penny much better than I ever learned. <laughs> um, but in those days, it was complete silence. And then in my time, it was a little bit more open. You know, you can talk to your doctor or to a friend or, you know, maybe beat the shit out of the person doing it and go to jail, whatever. And then you get to today, and it's, you know, with the Me Too generation, which is where we are, right? It kind of like open. But we won't talk about that because I'm really that centered person when it comes to the Me Too situation as well. And maybe that'll be another conversation another day. And maybe people won't like me for what I have to say, but it has to be said. So now we're at a point where people are saying, you know, speak up. And we have more communities available. What do you call it? Like a 
places we can call for help, right? Support, yeah, more support in society. There's a lot more options there because it's no longer like hotline numbers and things like that as well. So, and, and there's more, like we can be discreet, you know, if we think it's happening at the school, then you go see the director of the school. Like, and if you think it's your neighbor, then maybe you speak to the, you know, one of the people or like, we have to find a way, or maybe it gets reported where they go incognito. Nobody knows it's you. The worst thing you can do, if you think there's something, if you know there's something, then you like, go. Talk to get it out. But if you think, I think that's where most people fear. What if it's not? What if I'm, you know, what if it's not true? Then there's a process that the people, like I work with the Child Care Advocacy Center as well in Buffalo, and they have a process. If you think something's going on, there's a process they do without harming the people if they are innocent. So there's always a way. And then the ones that might fear because they might fear for their lives, maybe the person is really bad you still have to do something. I mean, if you don't, then you're saying that child doesn't matter more than I matter. That's the wrong way to live to begin with. Well, you know, it's this wonderful story though, at the core of what you're doing, which is that all the things that you've gone through have led you up to this point. As you mentioned the mm -hmm. foundation, I call it the catalyst, right? Work you're doing now, the catalyst for that was you surviving an adverse situation, believing that there was still hope for tomorrow and then you progressed further and further and now all the work you've done is the foundation for this great advocacy work you're doing to protect children and i i want to ask you about another one of the things you advocate for for the public as a mission which is you want people to know that you can change your mind by changing your situation share with me what you mean by that so i'm a firm believer change your mind change a situation. So, you know, I have three children, four grandchildren, and my three children, two came from the same father, one, one at least, you know, the mother is all together here. <laughs> but they, they're so, I cannot believe how incredibly different they are. Some people are just naturally inclined to think the negative all the time. You know that old thing, glass half full, half empty? Mm -hmm. To me, I don't look at it that way. There's water in there. <laughs> That's good. I get to use it. You know? Right, so yeah. it's not about half empty, half full. It's more about it's there for you to grab onto, right? Wonderful words of wisdom from Melina Kennedy, aka the Sugar Queen. And I'm so happy you joined me today. I love so much of you know, your your philosophy about how we approach life. And I think it's going to be really great and beneficial to all of our listeners. And it's an honor to talk to you today. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. Lovely. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.